I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hi, all you geeky dees, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow geeks sit down in front of microphones to try and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And there are primarily two ways you can listen to our show. That is very succinct. Thank you. And like, flows well. Right? The first being SoundCloud, and the second being Apple Podcasts. If you head on down to soundcloud.com forward slash geekdownpod, you can... Go to the subscribe button, and when you press that, a notification will come up on your device and just be like, hey, new episode's up, yay! However, if you go to, which, does it actually say Apple Podcasts? It has a logo on it. It's a little logo. It says... Subscribe. Subscribe. You go to there, it takes you to Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. No. Apple Podcasts. You subscribe on that, you don't even have to get a notification to let you know there's an episode. Nope one just appears just comes that's because of our geek down internet elf chauncey sir chauncey sir chauncey some number <laughs> frostilicus i don't know <laughs> frostilicus he's a, he's a snow elf um, um the the uh the third <laughs> sir chauncey frostilicus the third yeah there you go he shows up and he will just sprinkle podcasts around with his ice powers I guess. You might hear the faint sound of chimes on the air. Like, you might think it's an ice cream truck because it's summer and, you know, that would make sense. But mm-hmm. check your phones, people. And there's a slight breeze and you're like, ooh, that's refreshing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, <gasps> podcast is here. New geek down. Yeah. There are also lots of ways to get a hold of us, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, the first being Twitter, which uh, you can get to us if you go at geekdownpod yeah not www.twitter.com something 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 geekdownpod i mean if you really want to you could or or you could just you just at geekdownpod yeah. uh jordan mostly takes care of that and he has lots of fun conversations and sometimes i lurk from the shadows <laughs> and uh watch those conversations because they're kind of hilarious um the other ways are our email address geekdownpod at gmail.com um, you can send us fan mail and like that you like stuff or you don't like stuff or you have suggestions. We love suggestions because sometimes we feel like we're running out of stuff. And then we realize we're not because we're really geeky and we've watched a lot of things in our lifetime. Uh, but yes, love suggestions. Just love people saying, hey, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. Finally, Facebook. If you go to www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod you can contact contact us on there we'll let you know when the show's up you can join our page or like our page um you can ask us stuff just put comments questions all that jazz we love all that all that finally if you feel like you would like to support our little podcast which is kind of a medium podcast (laughs) we would love your support if we're you just, go, we're just a wee little podcast. Just a wee little. We, just trying to do our best. Trying to do our best out here in the world of podcasts. Um, we would love your support. If you would like to um, monetarily support the show, you can head on down to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash geekdownpod. Um, you, there's a, depending on which tier you 
give money to. Um, there are bo- possible bonus episodes, playlists, show notes, other stuff as well. Even a dollar helps. Um, a dollar would totally help. A dollar would be amazing. I love a dollar. You know what you feel when you find a dollar on the street? It makes you feel real good, don't oh, it? Oh, it's like the most exciting thing. You're like, fuck me, a dollar. Yeah. I didn't have that dollar before. Now I have a dollar. Yeah. It would really, really help. And we would really, really appreciate it. And, um, and we thank all of our Patreons at the moment. because, Or patrons, rather. Because we, every month, we're like, oh my gosh. People have given us dollars. 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 It's Love amazing. that. The, the mixer will come. Yes, the mixer will. Slowly but surely. <laughs> One day you might hear a third voice on here that doesn't require passing a mic back and forth to... No. And you'll know. To accommodate. You'll know. It's you'll know. The mixer. It has happened. And there'll also be a chime in the air from Chauncey. <laughs> Just looking down, pleased. Yes, exactly. Sassified. All right. So. It's now, episode 76. It is episode 76. It's kind of like uh, 76. I mean, if you were a person, you'd be like, good job, me. I've survived. <laughs> it's a 76. But for podcasts, it's like, mm. Eh. Mm. I mean... I'm still excited. I'm always excited. <laughs> you are we, always excited. When we, when we do know. I'm, okay, let's just face it. I'm excited about everything. But yes. I'm even excited about, well, see, like, I'm excited about getting well again so I can actually do things this summer. Kate's still sick, everybody. Well, so, girl, summer half over. Like I know. I know. Uh, well, no, summer goes until the 21st of September. You're, you're going to so. hold, hold on to that one? I've always held on to that one. My birthday is the 20th. It is basically the last day of summer. Um... <laughs> Just so everyone knows, my birthday is September 20th. Mm-hmm. And the weather stays nice until near the end of September. So, yeah. It stays nice into November sometimes. Some, <laughs> global warming, folks. Woo! <laughs> Thanks, fossil fuel industry. Yes. So, I am still sick. I finally got drugs from a doctor. A licensed practitioner. <laughs> um, from a doctor. Yeah. A real doctor. Who... This is the second doctor I've seen. And this doctor... Was like, you know what? You really shouldn't have been this sick for three weeks. I'm going to give you some medicine to make you feel better. It didn't make me feel better, but I'm still working out the phlegm situation. <laughs> so at some point you may hear me choking or like snuffly. <laughs> Something just shakes loose. Yeah. Um, and I apologize in been advance for working that. working in the mill from the thing we were going to talk about later. Yeah. So anyways, yes. So I am slowly getting over it. Yesterday I... At the insistence of senior correspondent Chris, um, I got some fresh air. I was like literally wrapped in blankets. And I was like, <laughs> I'm fine. He's like, no, you need to get some fresh air. We should go for a little bit of walk. You should have a shower, eat some breakfast. And this was, mind you, at like 2 p.m. because I'd slept for 12 hours. I was like, no, I'm fine. It was totally fine. He's like, no, come on. And he made me get out of my cocoon of blankets. I was very unhappy and take some drugs and, you know, get somewhat together. And we went for a little bit of walk and it was like, Oh, like to one edge of a park and the, and back. And I was like, ah, ah, ah. done with this. Yeah. I, I have not been out or walking, um, basically for three weeks. Right. Like mm. I've just come home and gone to bed every single day. Cause I've been so sick. So it was interesting. Um, the Stony Creek Value Village is the place to get <laughs> books, apparently. Your number one shop. Um, did not know that they had as much amazing stuff as they did. And I will definitely be going back. What, what's amazing? Tell me what was amazing. Um, just the number of books on my to-read to list that were like a dollar. 
And I was like, yeah. And they had, like, duplicates of stuff. They had really, obviously, like, not even read hardcover books. Like, the binding wasn't even cracked on them. Oh. Um, yeah, I know. It was I it was very hard for me not to just drop lots of money. The rare times I've been at Value Village, it's like the Bloor Lansdowne one, and it's like yellowed paperbacks no. with wrinkly covers and shit. And I'm like, hmm, I'm good. No, it was it was amazing. I was so excited. <laughs> and there was like self-help books and crafting books. I was very excited. I had a similar experience um, yesterday because... Not for being sick, but just from, like, working all the time. I have, like, barely left my house in, like, the past two weeks. That's um, sad. Just from working. Oh, and we will recall, uh, you know, my, my poverty situation. Payday has come and gone. Bills have been paid. Bell, I paid you. <laughs> I called you. I didn't have to speak to a human. I mean, it seemed like I could just, like, punch some shit in with my keypad. Yeah. By choosing option four waiting for a five-digit code, and you were like, cool, thanks. Thanks for letting us know you paid. My shit's still up and running. Come Monday, you said you want to turn my shit off. You're going to have to talk to a human. I wish a motherfucker would. Ooh. Because then, then I'm in the right. <laughs> and I get to be like, let's chat. you going to give me $50 to turn it back on? <laughs> Bell, it's your fuck up. Where's my $50? Sons of bitches. Um, but no, uh, cops, cops records in... Here in Toronto, they have many locations, but they were advertising that they are having some kind of, like, you know, garage sale. we got to get some of this shit out of here. We've got, you know, cr- Crazy Cops has got too much. Too much. Too much product. So, uh, their $5 records were slashed to $1. My God. I built, like, the first wave of my collection on $5 records from, from Cops Records here in Toronto. Uh, and I opted to go to the one on Bloor Street um, because they tend to have... One, I knew I was like, I'm going to die. I need to sleep when I get home. I can't just go for open. Um, and I'm pretty sure with the stuff I'm into, you know, cops will be fine. They're not yeah, gonna, I'm they're, like, they're, they're not going to sell out of They're that. not going to clear out of what your man's is looking for. Um, so I went and I got some, I got some, you know, Commodores, some, some Shaka Khan on a real big Shaka Khan kick lately. Realized I didn't have like any of her shit. All a dollar a piece, some thing that i vaguely remember called the crown heights affair i'm like i think this was supposed to be good everybody on the back looks like looks like drake's dad so i'm like <laughs> it's good, gotta be cool that's gotta be fine and then i started um i had i had an appointment last night some people might call it a date i would have called it a date all right um and there were two options <laughs> <laughs> an appointment <laughs> i was gonna say rendezvous but that sounds that sounds too sexy um and the two options that were floated were, uh, number one, uh, I've been wanting to go to the bar that had hip-hop trivia a few months ago, the Lalo, because they have been, they have a very hip-hop aesthetic, and they have been advertising on their Instagram for a while now that they have this uh, apple cherry cider on offer called Bonita, and it just looks so delicious when they post it. It's just, I, yep. want, I, want, that, I want that in my face. That looks so cold and refreshing, and I mm-hmm. would like it. So when we were thinking about like you know, things to do, I was like, well, you go, we go to this place. It's you know quiet, pretty chill vibe, and that cider looks delicious. I was going to Instagram it with the caption, "Hey Benita, glad to meet you," because it's not to be an apple bomb. Um, but also last night in Toronto, the classic golden age hip hop group Main Source was doing a free show at David Peacold Square here in Toronto for I don't even recall what the event was, but they were headlining some sort of all day free concert thing. 
I was kind of thinking that maybe I wanted to go to that. Ended up that uh, my companion for the evening opted to go to the bar, and I was like, okay. And get to the bar, not only were they out of the cider. Oh, devastating. And I ordered like some cider they had in cans, and it was meh. Just kept looking at the scratched out chalkboard, just going. <laughs> but not only that, then I'm on Instagram later, and at the Queens, the Queen Street location of Cops Records, yeah. chilling out, going through 45s, large professor from Main Source. That's my thing. It's killing time before the show. At the same time, I probably would have been there had I gone to the Queen location instead of the Blur location. But you probably wouldn't have found as many things that you would have liked. Maybe not, but I could have said, Large Professor, you're fucking dope. And? And? Thanks for, you know, producing Tri Records. And you, you could Twitter at him. You could tweet at him. I, I, don't think, I don't think Large Pro tweets. Maybe you could Facebook him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's... <laughs> could send him a facebook message maybe you could send him a carrier pigeon dear professor comma large <laughs> speaking of carrier pigeon slash ravens game of thrones back apparently tonight yeah. tonight we're gonna have to restart our segment of jordan tells caitlin what happened in game of thrones or? yeah absolutely <laughs> okay um and and mm. tonight we find out who the 13th doctor is they have not announced it yet no it is happening tonight after wimbledon i knew this was coming but i didn't know if it was uh if it had been announced yet sorry by tonight for everyone who's listening probably on tuesday not tuesday but sunday you all know you've already listened to all of your deep dive game of thrones pods and or you haven't and you didn't even realize it was back and you're like thanks jordan and kate i wouldn't have known about the 13th (laughs) thanks for the tip or game of thrones being back hey uh they're gonna go with the lady this time that's the rumor i don't know if that they will but but you never know if they do, it'll be like, it's like they're, they're looking at the like the the quote unquote minority hierarchy, and it's like, well, lady is a bridge too far. Is black dude a bridge too far? Is doctor of color a bridge too far? I I, you know what? The Anything. geek down says it's all fine, but oh, the geek down's like, let's have a like disabled Jewish <laughs> woman of color, trans woman of color. Yeah, like honestly, just. I've, I'm more of everything. Also, I need... This is kind of a segue into news, but also, Inhumans, there was some talk about Inhumans and the... Sh- Inhumans is a show coming to ABC show. in yes. fall based on... <laughs> How do I avoid deep diving? I believe it was created by Jack Kirby. It's about the royal family who lives on the moon. And basically, the thing now is, this was always the thing that was trotted out, where like... Marvel doesn't want to really fuck with the X-Men anymore because they don't own the movie rights to the X-Men. Yeah. So they're trying to make the inhuman. How do you come up with a reason for people to just randomly get powers and be outcasts? And, you know, how, yes. do, how do you still get the puberty metaphor to work without mutants? Well, you take the thing that made the inhumans the inhumans, which is the Terrigen, Terrigen Miss, and you drop them in the middle of Jersey or something. Yes. And suddenly you have all these new people getting powers, including Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Yes. That was a very good synopsis. It's very little, like... It was roundabout, he put... Oh, but I thought it was good. We got there. Um, basically, the one thing about when they first started bringing it up and casting was announced was it was a real white. <laughs> and we were like, ah, oh, again. I've watched the trailer for the show. It looks terrible. I've heard. I haven't seen it, but I've heard And it I, I haven't heard anything about it. All I knew was that it sort of had dropped, so I went to YouTube and looked it up. Um it looks really bad. I'm pretty sure it's a bad decision overall because I mean it's it's like late '60s, early '70s Jack Kirby. Like that's not listen. He's the king of comics, whatever. But from a mm, just you gotta 
<laughs> Jack got a little wild back then. You got to update some stuff. And also, if you're going to make someone have weird red hair, give them a good wig. She's Medusa. It, I know she's Medusa. Her hair looks stupid and like a wig. Stupid. I, I was just, the first time I had to explain to somebody who Black Bolt was, which I do actually like the character of Black Bolt. He's the guy who's like, you know, his voice, he never speaks because his voice can like rip planets in half. Mm-hmm. If he ever got mad, he could just be like, boobs. And... <laughs> <laughs> rip a hole through New York. Um, I did not know this. Apparently, like his actual name is like Blacticus Bolticus or something <laughs> like that. Wow! Like, it's not some real Jack Kirby seventies type um, shit. The only thing that was exciting about the trailer: Lockjaw. Well, yeah, he's a giant pug with an antenna that can teleport. I know. He, <laughs> does he look all right? I haven't seen the trailer. Um, so. eh, he looks okay. He looks like bad CGI. Um, I just want to give him a big hug though, <laughs> and have him teleport me somewhere. The somber royal family who lives on the moon has a giant dog with an antenna. Yeah. That can teleport. Yeah. God damn it, comics. I know. Anyways, I just needed to put that in there. Just <laughs> I, I'd been meaning to talk about it for weeks. I saw it weeks ago. I've just been so in the sick haze I kept on forgetting. Speaking of casting and white people and all that sort of thing. Um, we didn't bring this up. It was kind of floating around in the ether. Or maybe it was floating around between episodes. I don't remember that this... This rumor that somebody involved in the casting of the live-action Aladdin project was uh, lamenting not, not enough brown people. Yeah. Or they couldn't find a brown person that they felt fit the role which just... of Aladdin. Which is like, bruh? bruh? <laughs> yeah, really? I know. Really? <laughs> um, really. That said, uh, they had their, their, what the fuck was it called? D23? Yes. It's I like, have lots of news about D23. Oh, from oh, D23. oh dear God. We'll, we'll get to it, I'm sure. But we do know that uh, Will Smith has the genie. I'm probably pronouncing this right. Is it Mena or Mina Masood as Aladdin and Naomi Scott as Jasmine? I'm already seeing complaints that Naomi Scott is too light skinned. But she's half Indian. That ain't my criticism to make. No. Or comment on. And that's, I mean, that's an ongoing debate about the only type of. Indian that is allowed to be, or Middle Eastern person who is allowed to be tra- uh, attractive, is one who is very light skinned. No, a person of color in general. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a thing. It's an ongoing discussion. We are not the best people to have that discussion because we're nope. both super pasty. Go find another podcast to listen <laughs> to him talk about that. Yeah, who will have more information and Casti- insight. Casting says, you know, you have to have just like a little meal squirt in the water to you know, make it palatable to audiences. Other people are like, no, nah, you can just go with like the hard, like the hard meal squirt in the oh, water. Do you want to hear really about like hard? darken it up? Meanwhile, these two are like just straight. We're just water. It's like, no. Oh yeah. We're super no water. No Mio in here at all. Yeah. We're almost translucent. Were you about to tell me about the time you put a whole bottle of Mio into it? No. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm about to tell you, tell you about dark Mio squirts and amazing casting. <laughs> Black Panther. I saw the costumes. Oh yeah. Ooh, they look so good. It all looks so good. T'Challa. So excited. So excited. Anyways. <clears throat> I was very excited with the costumes. They look fantastic. <laughs> um, I talked about D23. Oh. First of all, amazing things. Um, a Wrinkle in Time looks awesome. Um, Trailer for a movie adaptation of the Madeline Langle. Look at you. YA novel of the same name, directed by Ava DuVernay. Look at you. It has Oprah in it. It does have Oprah in it. I'm really excited about this. Oprah's wig game is on point. Yep. They look fantastic. Anyways, I was excited about that. Um, 
really the giant news out of D3 has to be all the theme parks. Oh, oh they were dropping theme park news? I oh. missed I miss that. They have an entire land at the new uh, like Disney World mm-hmm. in Florida. I believe it's Florida. Um, it's called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh, sorry. It's not, it's not Magic Kingdom, though. It is, I think, what used to be called Epcot, which is now Disney Studios. I think sure. that's what it's called. Um, yeah. So they have a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge land that they're going to open up there and at the California Dis- Disney World. They're both going to look, I think, the exact same. Disneyland in California? Yeah, yeah, whatever. The the, the sucky one. <laughs> um, then they have, they'll have at the Florida theme park, Disney Wars Immersive Hotel. What? You mean Star Wars Immersive that's Hotel? That's right. That's what I meant. Star so, Wars. <laughs> Disney Wars Immersive Hotel. Disney, Disney Wars. No, uh, Star Wars. Goofy just runs by with a bazooka. <laughs> this is so immersive. It's just, it's just Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, it would probably get done before Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. Probably. So, that yeah, the, 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 the hotel and the theme park should be both opening in summer 2019. Which I think is incredible that they're getting it done that mm-hmm. fast. Um, so I kind of feel like it's nuts to your Avatar Land. We're, <laughs> I mean, apparently the Avatar Land is kind of cool, but no one's going to care about that anymore. No. Um, and then in California, in the Disney Adventure Park, they're opening an immersive superhero uh, universe land. Which I think is also kind of incredible. So now California sucks a, just a little less. It's still not as good as Florida one. Anyways, I was very excited about all this. As someone who's like already planning going back to Florida um, to go to both Universal Studios and Disney World, I am really psyched. Super psyched. Super psyched. Super psyched. Yeah. So that's kind of that for that. For D three, and apparently there was amazing Infinity War footage. Apparently, I saw that this morning. Yes, Comic Con hasn't actually happened yet, but some people are seeing the yeah the footage early. Um. Okay. Well, then I've got more things to be excited about. Keep it coming. <clears throat> so, because you know I'm going to be mad by about something by the end of it. So, yes, I'm. I know you will. You, you're <laughs> raring to go. So I've got to get all the good. Yeah. Good out. Lead happy into the universe. DC Superhero Girls mm-hmm. is. DC's most popular new series. Really? Yes. DC's Entertainment Senior Vice President of Sales, John Cunningham, has said that DC Superhero Girls Final Crisis has outsold everything but The Killing Joke. Just like their whole entire line. Yeah. Is that, wait, is that a novel or a graphic? It's, it's a, like a he talk, He's talking bookstore, trade. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's talking bookstore type stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. I believe um, that. He hasn't even counted... The like the scholastic mm, book sales, school book sales, libraries, um, shit like that. which apparently has done even better. Hmm. So suck it <laughs> if you market things to girls. Girls don't like comics, and you market it properly. Not only will your book sales be amazing, and you will start making money. We can't make any money. Nobody, girls don't like comics. Nobody wants to read comics anymore. Girls don't like it. Um, your toy sales, not, if you partner with Mattel... It's not pink enough. ...will go through the freaking roof. <laughs> I bought a little girl I know, both a comic book of DC uh, Superhero Girls, and 
a a doll, a an action figure. I bought her Wonder Woman. She wanted Bumblebee. I'll be getting that for her as well. So there you go. I am just super excited. Even though I was kind of on the fence about DC superhero hero girls at first, because I was like, you were. I recall you not being. I'm like, totally I'm glad superheroes and it's a good gateway into other superhero comics and a gateway into girls getting into comics and maybe wanting to write comics and draw comics and that's all amazing i was a little like they made it really bubbly like they're all friends you know like they do have to deal with bad guys but they're all like what's wrong with being friends friends, caitlin um i don't know poison ivy is kind of evil and kills men and women and like it's like all about the plants i mean that's how i know her right and this she's like all about i like i like gardening like you know but i think it's awesome and i think you know they've they've marketed it to girls five to twelve and it's done amazingly well and i'm hoping that maybe and he seemed really surprised apparently in the interview that they had done so well probably i'm like yeah if you talk to a single woman it wouldn't have been a surprise. Um, but I'm excited to think that maybe they'll be like, hey, we should market to women <laughs> um, a little bit more. Women, you say? And maybe, you know, girls in high school or junior high. Um, I think that would be a good plan for you. You put that on the board, Jordan. Marketing to women. I actually think it's already up there. I'm sure it's been up there for a while. But we're going to put it there again. Women, so, yeah. women, you say? Yeah. So I am very excited to hear that. And uh, kind of good, good for you, DC Superhero Girls. Kick butt. Take names. Yeah. Yeah. So now, what do you want to get angry about? I have three things I just need to get through. Obviously, they're all Japan related. Number one, Facebook Memories was kind enough to let me know that it's been a... Uh, it's my... It's my anniversary of fealty to the queendom. Your, your uh, what's it called? Your um, pilgrimage? The pilgrimage is Labor Day weekend. That's oh, the that's anniversary. Right. But just that's in right. general, as far as like the first time I ever mentioned them on social media oh. was July 2014, um, which was like three days after they like <laughs> fandom exploded because like they dropped something. They never use like Instagram stories. Right. But like they dropped something on an Instagram story and it was just like. Perfume, if you want to, August 30th, new photo of them just looking like fucking royalty. And we're like, what is happening? <laughs> and then it got taken down. And it was like, oh, Takeshi over at <laughs> Amuse done got fired because he posted Ooh. some shit before he was supposed to. Um, who knows if Takeshi actually got fired. Takeshi's not a real person. Uh, now he's hurt. He is hurt. <laughs> There's some dude <laughs> just working the phones in the Amuse building going, Mandayo. Uh, <laughs> It did come out new single August thirtieth. Um, it's it's not a commercial tie-in, Caitlin. It's not. It's not for a fizzy drink. What? It's not for a department store. Huh? It's not for a fucking washing machine. I'm confused. It's just a song. What? It's just the song for Are the sake sure? of having a song. Are you sure it's not part of like a film or a television show? No, nope. the, the B side. That's all that. That's the fucking washing machine song. That's you know. Which whatever. is a great song, by uh, the way. <laughs> this is just a song for the sake of existing, and they. When Nakata doesn't have to make something for a corporate overlord, yeah, everyone knows. What do we love on Cosmic Explorer? The title track, Miracle Worker, Babyface, all the songs that were just like to pad it out to an album. Yeah. That were like, you know, the commercial singles for like cars and fucking you know, Coke. 
they never work with Coke. I think they actually are getting Coke tie-in before the end of the year. But anyway, um, so we are mad excited for that. Anyway, Queens, you've brought so much joy to my life. Thank you. What does not, what does not bring me joy? I am really starting to feel like the Frank Grimes of anime fandom. <laughs> and Homer Simpson is Bakugo. Right. I feel triggered. I feel attacked every time I go on Twitter because for some reason, all the y'all out there who are willing to forgive what a shitty character Bakugo is. I know I sound crazy. I know I'm in the minority. Crunchyroll spent all of Thursday, I believe, all of Thursday in character as Bakugo, which basically meant they yelled and blocked people all day. Why would they do that? Because they think it's funny. It's not fucking funny. Bakugo is shit. You're all stupid. I know I'm the odd one out here. He's terrible. You know, the only reason I'm liking any of his arc right now is because it's just best Gina spanking his ass every time he shows up. And when he shows up, he's only there for like two seconds. Um, Bye, Bakugo. Thanks. Bakugo, Bakugoing, Bakugan. That's like my dream. Thank you to Misha Hanman for posting that little... <laughs> thank, thank you, Misha, for being just generally, you know, of my... I need people like that in my life for being like aligned with my philosophy on how shitty Bakugo is. <laughs> Because every time Misha sees Bakugo being shitty when he's reading the manga, he posts the picture of him being shitty. Oh, God, he's the fucking worst. It ain't funny. It ain't funny, y'all. You think it's funny? No, he's a bully and awful. Oh, he's going to come around. He's going to. You know, you sound like a fucking teenage girl with your shitty boyfriend who deals drugs in the parking lot. And, you know, your older brother and your parents are like, maybe this is not the best move for you. And they're like, no, he's just going to get better. He's just, you know, once he gets his GED, he's going he's gonna to really turn <laughs> his life around. Shut the fuck up. Like, it ain't happening. You are so angry about that. Fucking hate Bakugo so much. You know what I hate more, though? Oh, what? You know what I hate more? What? Weebs. Oh, yeah. You, you do. We got to. Oh, it's, we, we it's gotta, time again, gotta, folks. Gotta do it, Kate. Oh, it's just. Poor glass. They're not crying, but I might be about to make them cry. Or remind them why they should be crying. Ooh. He just, he actually has percolated these weep tears. These are fresh. <laughs> Some of them are mine from all the Bakugo crying. Uh, yes, it is time again, folks, for Jordan Yells at Weeps. Now time for Do Better Weeps. This is a story that actually ran on Anime News Network. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Sword Art Online is, frankly, one of the shows that kind of got me back in. So, what's it called? Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online. Yes, it is okay. one of the, I don't know if it's the first of the isekai genre, which is always where some dork ends up in a fantasy world and, okay. like, um, miraculously is, you know, can do everything, just finds his footing. Right. Sword Art Online may have been one of the first. It's really one of the shows that brought me back, because I just kind of heard about it, and when I was seeing shows on Netflix... I was like, oh, that vaguely sounds familiar. Let me get into this. And it's basically, you know, the character of Kirito, who is the main character. That one was basically about there's this memorp that everybody's playing. It's virtual. It's VR based. So I'm sorry. Is this like before Hackslash? Hackslash? No. Hackslash was way before this, I think. Okay. Did you ever get trapped in Hackslash? I feel like. Or Dot Hack. Sorry. It's called Dot Hack. Um, Sorry. Dot Hack. Being trapped is always a big part of the isekai genre. Like, in this one, it's VR-based. And then one day, like, everybody who's playing the game, like, falls into a coma. And it's like, if anybody... If everybody in there... Number one, if you die in the game, you die in real life. Right. And if you... If, you know, the tower doesn't get taken by, like, a year from then, 
everybody's going to die. Type um, of thing. Fun fact for anyone who this this sounds interesting to, to there is a Tad Williams series <laughs> called uh, Outworld. Anyways, look up Tad Williams. This is basically the concept of this series. It takes place in the future. It is amazing. Read it. I don't, th- I don't think it's a new take. Anyway, the whole thing and the whole reason this show gets shit on a lot now is because what's what's the opposite of a Mary Sue? Whatever the opposite of a Mary Sue is, that's Kirito. No matter what he walks into. Something stew? Berry stew? I don't know. If it's berry stew, Kirito that. Because the okay. second he walks into a new situation, you know, if they change games, you know, so they make it through the first one, whatever, and then they change games to like... There's a flying mechanic involved now, and like you're fairies and you can fly. And right. Oh, Kirito done. Oh, you don't pick that up right quick. Like, you know, and every woman always falls in love with him. Sounds awful. I'm really boring. But he's always into um, Asuna, this character Asuna. In the first part of Sword Art Online, Asuna is a super badass, like, can hang with him on, like, from a, like, battle level. Yeah. And then there's a moment where they both just kind of, I don't remember why they kind of retire from the battlefield. And, like, in game time, they basically, like, get married and raise this little, like, fairy baby for a while. And Asuna <laughs> totally is, like, becomes useless and just is, like, she she gets captured and Kirito, she gets damseled. Ugh. Kirito's got to go save her, blah, 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 blah. I've heard there is. So, it changes narratives a lot because it's based on a light novel series. And sometimes light novels will just be like, we're going to talk about these characters for there's you know lots of spin-offs lots of shit like that right and there was an awesome spin-off um arc in the light novels that they animated at the end of the second season which i because I, it was terrible and i never finished i never saw but i heard it was very good and kind of redeemed her a little bit but anyway anyway sword art online had a movie come out last year okay um did well enough i guess got some western european North American screenings, and apparently, I did not know this, apparently there was a brief uh, bathtub scene with Asuna, where she takes a call, where she's in the bath, and she just kind of like, turns over and is like talking on the phone, leaning on the edge. You don't see anything, but I mean, it's it's fan service. This is the headline on Anime News Network, a story that ran July 13th. Director teases Blu-ray may show Asuna's nipples. Wow. Ordinal scale director Tomohiko Ito and fellow staff members have teased that the Japanese Blu-ray of the film may reveal Asuna's nipples during the bath scene. The anime film staff said during an interview that the Blu-ray disc release of the film could have an upgraded bath scene with more detail. During the interview, Ito said that both a version that shows Asuna's nipples and a version that doesn't show them were made. However, he suggested the reveal was very slight. They're like, which version are you going to get? We made both of them. You'll have to buy the Blu-ray to find out. What do you think the fucking comment threads were like? Really gross. For this. Was it gross? It was fucking disgusting. I'm so sick of pervy weebs. I'm so I'm so sick of per just fucking stopped. How do you not understand how you look? How do you not understand the impression that you're giving? Um I Part of it is they probably don't care because their girlfriend is a fake anime <laughs> lady. Um, and another part of it is um, they don't care because of misogyny. <laughs> Woo, misogyny. As, we, as we always say, if you try to defend this behavior, just say you hate women. It's so much faster. So much faster. Just say you don't see women as people. Yeah. It's, you'll save yourself a lot of time. Yeah. 
And you'll like, be like, cool, fuck you, you're an asshole. And then the conversation's over. We both save time. It's so much easier. It was like the thing you sent me on Facebook. The, uh, what did I send you on Facebook? The, Did I want to yell about that the, too? Did the, I forget well, about it? On Messenger, they the comments of of the possible female doctor. Oh, and, yeah. And that was... So, somebody was collecting... when The speculation that there was going to be a female Doctor Who was coming out. Somebody took comments from like you know, the Daily Mail or something and yeah. made title cards yeah. for, for episodes of Doctor Who with the comments. So it was like, nobody wants to write on a TARDIS full of bras. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, we'll just take them off. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- number one, Anime News Network. Do better. This is not fucking news. No. Don't hashtag interest it and be like, this is a story worth mentioning. Like, I know, I get, I'm sure, I'm sure it got you all the Google juice. It got you all the clicks and all the metrics. Because there's nothing, there's no lower bar to jump over. They're getting weaves to drool over titties, but. Yeah. And like, fucking, and just, the other thing is like, the new season is gearing up mm-hmm. for summer. Yep. Which means there's always all these shows and 90% of them were terrible and they have terrible fan service. I got a note from from the boy Travi. Yep. Show patron Travi who told me he was checking out this show called um something about my first girlfriend is a gal or something. And to explain that, gal they actually mean gyaru, which is um women in Japan who like really go into Americanizing themselves physically. Oh, oh that's they, they tan a lot, they dye their hair oh. blonde, they get really long fake nails. They put blue contacts in. Yes, all that kind of mess. And just the the jiggle factor on Ugh. every frame of animation I've seen on this. And dudes on message boards being like, oh, it's actually, it's a pretty good show. It's got just got a fan service I like, blah, blah, blah. Well, fucking Bali for you. Like, <laughs> I am constantly reminded every season. And when stories about <laughs> acidous titties might make it onto the Blu-ray, that I'm so far outside of... Like, what is considered fandom for this thing that I'm supposed to like as much as these other people? And I mean, shouts to a Twitter user, at uh, Lost Thief, who I saw this. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure I got it off of Amelia, who had retweeted it, who just posted, like, with a photo of just the standard, like, you know, behind the girl's ass, borderline upskirt shot. Yeah. And the tweet was just, I'm just really tired of being in the headspace of horny anime protagonist dudes. Yeah. Really tired. And I'm like, once more for the people in the back. Yeah. And I know this is what sells. And I know it's never going to stop. But I mean, like... That's not true. You have... For anime? Yeah. Uh, hey, it's just... It's a... I mean... It, well, anime see, is a snake eating its own fucking tail at this point where pervy fanboys are making shit for other pervy fanboys the, 90% the of the thing, time. Though. It doesn't have to stop. We would just like a balance of some sort. It's like for every like here's here's a fun fact only one new episode i've seen so we need to talk about it. new episode of recreators yes we are now in the second core of the season a couple new creations have started showing up mm-hmm. including a girl from a dating sim yeah and they're trying to figure out it's like well shit i guess people who cross over are popular so we're stuck with her because she's popular she can't really do anything like she's just a girl right yeah and then like her creation her creator shows up and what would the creator of a girl in the dating sim be like? Yeah. She's probably like his dream girl and the girl he wanted, yeah. he wished existed in real life. And now she does. 
so he gets kind of pervy and tries to like you know grab her and hug her and is like oh marry me blah 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 and celestia like kicks him in the face <laughs> and it's like the fuck is wrong with you like you're like her parent like yeah act like it that's not that hard to do no to be like general reminder y'all i like that behaviors General, little little reminder little little nudge little sticky tab little. yeah hey that behaviors yeah not great don't do that it's not don't normal. do that no not normal it's not, not appropriate not a thing nope um but i mean like recreators has none of that and there's like no discussion about recreators i'm just off on my own on recreators island just like <laughs> i will join you i'm there with you i where where are the other people you know i'm i'm in i'm in sitting on recreators island in the middle of the bakugo ocean just like surrounded by the asana's nipple archipelago (laughs) just like (laughs) help help me um so if you love recreators please let jordan know talk to me about recreators or tell me like what's not terrible like i even tried um a show called kakigurui Mm -hmm. um which just started this season i only saw the pilot but it's um it's basically sent to school i'm so fucking sick of schools but i mean like sent to school where like people gamble a lot okay <laughs> a lot about like gambling and some of the female characters are kind of awful and i thought i heard that the opening was directed by yamamoto i'm not exactly sure right definitely has a lot of her telltale moves including like <laughs> including like panty shots and stuff like that but in like the way that like you know michiko was mad sexy but yeah. she wasn't like sexy for the sake of dudes it's just like who she was oh yeah that's kind of like it was all for her that's kind of like the vibe in the opening of this show and in the show itself but i mean like there are ways to do it but you're never gonna there's never gonna be any talk about that show because it's just gonna be like hey look at these titties that were dropped for me the basement dwelling neck bearded weeb oh so sad tired of it but oh shit kate i gotta show you something okay hold on a second quick sidebar y'all the new doctor just got announced while we were recording oh my god Caitlin, how are you feeling? I'm so happy right now. Jodie Whittaker, the first female Doctor Who. I'm so excited. <laughs> She's actually misting up. This is amazing. Oh, Aw, boo-boo. <laughs> okay. Boo-boo, that's so great. Um, I'm fine. This is the 13th Doctor replacing Peter Capaldi. It's Jodie Whittaker. I'm so happy right now. I was I was happy before, but now I'm even happier. Uh, Jodie Whittaker rose to fame in Broadchurch. I don't remember, recall what character she played in Broadchurch, but... Talking to The Guardian, Chris Shibnell, Doctor Who's new head writer and executive producer, said after months of lists, conversations, auditions, recalls, and secret keeping, we are excited to welcome Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor. I always knew I wanted the 13th Doctor to be a woman, and we're thrilled to have secured our number one choice. Her audition for The Doctor simply blew us away. I'm so happy right now. Whitaker said, I'm beyond excited to begin this epic journey with Chris and with every Whovian on this planet. It's more than an honor to play the Doctor. It means remembering everyone I used to be while stepping forward to embrace everything the Doctor stands for. Hope. I can't wait. Yay! There you go. <coughs> oh man, they were talking about Phoebe Waller-Bridge at one point for yeah. the Doctor, apparently. That would have been fun. But anyway, she's actually crying, y'all. And I'm not uh, crying, you're crying. She's going to make me cry <laughs> right now. You understand when ladies get to take part in something, it's really exciting, especially <laughs> something you love, like love, love, love. I mean, I cried when they announced Captain Marvel 
Remember mm. that big, like, it's, like, really shaky. Someone's taking yeah, it from their phone. they're announcing the movie slate for... Yeah, and when they announced Captain Marvel and he was, like, just so everyone is clear, this is... Carol Danvers. Yeah, this is, like, this is Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. I, like, lost it and just bawled my eyes out like a baby. Um, <clears throat> it's really exciting when, you know, there is change and, you know, it... I, as much, I wasn't a huge, huge fan of, um, of um, Wonder Woman, but every time I hear about, you know, they've smashed this record and they smashed this record and it's and this amount of money and all these things that people have been saying for so long, which is movies that star women can make just as much money. Uh, movies that show women having actual lives other than what is attached to a man is important and it does well and these things are important and every time it's shown and it works and a movie or a television show does well it's just like I see we told you and this is important and I get very excited about these things because these are things I love the end well, on that note, that's as good as time as any to get the fuck out of here before something kills our buzz. Nothing can kill my buzz right <laughs> so now. So we're, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will talk about the things that Kate and I brought each other. Yay! <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the second part of the show. This is the portion of the show. Back to format this week. Yep. Kate and I bringing each other stuff. Stuff. Going to talk about it. We are going to talk about it. Before we talk about it. We've got some rules. 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 Rule number one. Is hashtag save it for the pod. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's not the first rule at all. No, it's not. The fever is getting to me. <laughs> uh, the first rule is the rule of three. Yeah, it is. The rule of three is... Give me a little break. <laughs> the, the rule of three says... <laughs> Too much of that back and forth banter starts to tax our system, so yeah. we get. <laughs> I'm right. Like if you if you did control alt delete <laughs> and then like it brought up the task, it's just like it's just like straight beach balling right now. It's just yeah. rainbow wheel all where her face should be. Right yeah, now. or it's like crazy numbers. You're like, where? Who? What is this thing doing? And it's really trying to fight a virus, but also try. And what is taking up all the rules? RAM in Caitlin's brain right now? We need to close some close some processes. Uh, I am still healing. <laughs> The rule of three, give the thing a chance to become the thing it's going to be by watching three of its installments. In this case, episodes. Yes. It can um, also be issues, parts, say it. Oh, I, and epicycles. Yes. Um, what I was going to actually say, though, mm. was that in this case, uh, something was a four-part miniseries. So yeah, I just watched all of it. I, I w- was wondering if he was going to do that, but they were very long. <laughs> Part of me thought about spiting her and not, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to watch the fourth thing. But I was curious to know if he would be curious about what happened in the fourth part. But yeah, we'll get into that later. We'll get into it. Point is, you always got to watch three of them. Second, second rule, not the first rule. In fact, the second rule... Hashtag save it for the pod. Yeah, don't talk about the thing until you're sitting in front of these microphones. Which I got a warning about when I got here. She tried She tried to talk to me about something. I did, and I felt terrible. 
we're sitting on the stoop getting some notes together and she was like man this thing happened and i was like what the f- shut your mouth yeah yeah there was and i shook the shit out of her <laughs> there's a slap the hell are you doing would, in the words of chris rock i would never hit a woman i'll shake the shit out of one <laughs> never, never, hit, never hit one um and that's just that's a great drop to just leave out in the in the world for somebody to pull <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing lasts forever on the internet right nope nope uh that's the second rule we want to give you the freshest takes stale takes bad terrible not good no you don't want it they're kind of bleh, dry you don't want it we don't want to give them to you so no. we make sure we give you the piping hottest freshest takes from the hot take oven yes third rule there's going to be spoilers. Yes. Do you oh, care? There will be spoilers. Do you care? Um, I don't know if they care. One thing, I guess maybe there are spoilers, but it's for an adaptation. It's for like a 13-year-old adaptation for a 200-year-old novel. <laughs> I don't think it's quite that old. It's that old. And uh, the other thing is um, nothing really happens. It's like no. the textbook definition of Kumpf, so yeah. it's not really much to spoil there for. Nope. But if you have a if you're lame and you have a zero tolerance policy on spoilers, you should probably take your leave. Yeah, and we uh, thank you for spending your time with us. Uh, we hope that you are in some place that is air conditioned because we are not, and I hope that you can have some tea. You're probably already mad because we told you there's a female doctor, and you like you know totally don't even want to read news sites until you're like watching the new episodes. Yeah, Christmas 2019 or whenever the fuck this thing comes out. Yeah, well, you're stupid. You're stupid. Stop. <laughs> Get your life together. Seriously. Uh, And have a great day. (laughs) Love you. Bye. Bye. All right. Now for all the other folks who are not lame. We like to alternate. So this week we are starting with the thing that Caitlin brought me. That is correct. So I love British adaptations of romantic and Victorian novels. You don't say. Yeah. Um, Specifically, I would say romantic. So Jane Austen. But... Gaskell is a good second runner-up, and this miniseries in particular is that was really well done. Is still, I think, uh, has aged very well, um, and it is funny enough. So Jordan mentioned Kumpf. This is actually Kumpf for me. Um, I like watching this um, over like a couple weeks in a month. It makes it feel good. Um, it is interesting and yeah, it's just all around good time. What I am talking about is the, uh, BBC adaptation of North and South, uh, the book originally written by Elizabeth Gaskell in 1854, 55-ish. I actually forgot when exactly. I think it came out in 2005. Four. 2004. I did see that. Um, and it was, uh, done, the screenplay was done by Sandy Welsh, who, is known for doing BBC stuff, but specifically is known in my mind for doing the best adaptation of Jane Eyre on the BBC. There's been like a billion Jane Eyre (laughs) adaptations. Hers is by far absolutely the best. Um, uh, That one was from, I think the early two thousands as well. Um, The director is Brian Percival. He did uh, about six episodes of Downton Abbey. That's probably what he's best known for, but he's also done some Britishy stuff. North and South is a story very much of its time. It takes place around 1851, which is uh, 1851 is the year of the Great Exhibition. 
And it is a story about basically the Industrial Revolution and uh, the mo- mo- moder- modernity versus tradition, um, how the landscape, people, social uh, class and stratification, how that all changed because of the Industrial Revolution. Um, the sto- story surrounds Margaret Hale, a 19-year-old who is uprooted by her father um, from the idyllic town of Helston in the south to Milton, which is actually a fake city based off of Manchester in the north. I was about to say, because like Milton, Ontario also sucks. <laughs> yeah, yes. But... Gunshots! Uh, a lot of industry happen and both for the fake Milton and the Milton on in Ontario a lot of people move there because industry mm. was happening there. <laughs> yes. Um Margaret Hale is it's really through her eyes that we the no, the novel takes place as well as the story and she has to kind of change her life and her expectations and she is at first horrified about the poverty in Milton, the injustice. There's a really good word for the people in Milton, which is the working poor. So even though they have these like full-time manufacturing jobs, still are making very little. Um, people with big families are still starving. It the is, working poor, you say? Yes, you wouldn't. We wouldn't know anything about hmm. that. Um, it is a really interesting novel because. It deals with social class. It kind of does it in a sugar-coated way because it it uses a romance to kind of mm. put these messages past you. Um, and you get really involved in the will-they-won't-they they thing. But at the same time, you are getting both sides of a big, of a, of a big picture of industrialism, both of the masters and of the workers. Um, so yeah, this is one of the reasons I love this story. Um, also, Mr. Armita- Armitage is in this, and he's quite handsome, and it's nice as well. Um, <laughs> I like looking at his face. And is he in the posse? Sorry? Is he in the posse? Um, no, he's not in the posse. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, no. Not, not posse-worthy. No, he's not my type. Uh, but you know, he has that like dark Mr. Darcy. Um, actually a lot of the times this, uh, North and South is basically, um, compared to, to, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Do you want to know what I have written down as the North and South drinking game? What? Do a shot every time someone glowers from a hallway (laughs) or through a window or from like around a corner. That is the best drinking game. You will be hammered. 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 Someone's always looking at some shit they shouldn't be looking at and going, "Mm." Yeah. Especially a mother. Uh, So, anyways, uh, it's also a story very much like Pride and Prejudice about miscommunication, which is also really interesting, both from a a smaller romantic um, storyline and a bigger picture storyline. So, with all that in mind, Jordan, what did you think about North and South, the miniseries? This benefited completely from the low expectations it set up with me in like the first 15 minutes amazing because <laughs> in the first 15 minutes it was like oh they're at some wedding and then some di- i had listen i there was some real like pacing shit in the first like setup to get them to milton there's yeah. like some real 
fast and loose some dude's trying to marry her she's like mm, nah he's like whatever bitch and then next thing i know they're like leaving this house and i don't know why they're buying another house i have no idea why any of this is happening and i'm like oh my god it's happening again so just as a as just because i know a lot about this <laughs> novel i've read it several times there is actually something really interesting in north and south in that it has three beginnings mm. so the first one is the wedding the second one is Helston. And the third one is when they actually get to Milt- Milton. Mm. Um, and it has been commented on by many um, writers and critics. Um, and it has to... There's reasons for it. But in the adaptation, it's done sort of as flashbacks. Um Maybe I just didn't pick up their flashbacks. I was like, oh, she's, God, well, where, where are we? We're here and we're She's then we're on a this? train and then she's thinking oh, okay. back. And anyway, so it is there. So, I can sometimes see when there are issues. things that are in English that I'm watching, yeah. I, I have to clean this place before you get here. Sometimes I multitask and just listen ah. to it over my shoulder. Right. So I may have missed that there was some uh, or like I have it on my iPad while I'm making dinner. So I yeah. may have missed that she was on a train. I was just like, what, what, where, why, what? Now we're here. This guy wants to marry her and she's saying no. Is this going to be another one of those? And now there are full, they are full hours. So I don't, but by the time I got situated and realized what we were, we were actually dealing with, I was like, okay. Cause I mean, you say it's like the whole thing is like played through a romance. I mean, you know, that's coming, but it's so minimal compared to like all the other aspects that are far more interesting. Like the labor disputes and the, and the, the first strikes that happen, right? Like you can, eat, I'm even going through my notes right now, and, and I'm seeing like my initial like ugh, <laughs> slowly soften into like all right, because huh. my initial notes are like are like um <laughs> I called what's his name Higgins? No, not Higgins, oh. the mill owner Thornton. Thornton. I call Thornton the Bakugo of the Industrial Revolution because he's, <laughs> he's just like the first so times you see him, he's like kind of a jerk. You don't get yeah. the sense until later that his jerkiness is more of a matter of circumstance. Like yeah. he would love to pay his workers another 15 shillings a week, but he owes the bank a bunch of money and he's trying to keep it together for them. You get scenes later. On. I'm really happy. I watched the through to the end because basically there's a strike. There's a labor dispute yeah. as Mar- Marjorie, Margaret, what was her name? Margaret. Margaret. That's the main character, Margaret Hale. As Margaret is seeing both sides of it, she makes friends with Higgins's, who's kind of, I guess, the union leader. Yes. Um, Higgins and his daughter, Bessie. Bessie. He, she makes friends with Bessie and by extension him a little bit. And because of the circles, the social circle she runs in, she's kind of hears both sides of the dispute. Never the like financial troubles that the... Thornton Mill is going through because that would be improprietous. Yes. We'll not talk about that. But I mean, as far as like, you know, what do you want working people? Um, what would make this better for you? Um, hearing them, their sides and being able to present their sides when they're like having polite dinner conversation. She comes at one point, she calls them by the first name and other sort of people yep. are like, Oh, this is Nicholas. Is Ms. it? Miss Hale is on a first name basis. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Jesus Christ. It's another one of those. Um, I have in here, uh, the rich people aren't awful in this. How nice. <laughs> well, it's part of the reason they're <clears throat> not quite as awful is because they're the nouveau riche, right? I have that in there as well. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like new rich. Am I right? Yeah. Um, it, and it's a, it was a big part of the industrial revolution for the first time, really. Um, 
there were people who could pull themselves up from the bottom. I mean, it started with um, trade, those in trade, so in the sort of the 1700s, but this was a huge thing where people could go make money, save money, and buy, like come out from the farms and actually have a possibility for their future. And you see that play out in the scene at the... Uh, the exhibition or whatever where yes. some of the machinery is there and you know the the london rich are just kind of looking at it it's like oh isn't this cute these things that you use type of thing maybe we yeah. should get into that make some quick money yeah <laughs> there was the phrase dabbling in, in cotton. dabbling in cotton <laughs> and thornton's there and he's just kind of like i don't know if they have the time to dabble in anything yeah <laughs> type of thing and how like even though you know it's like proto gatsby-ish right it's like you know he's got the money he's got as much money yeah but because he didn't it wasn't handed to him from his parents. They, he's looked down. He's upon. looked down upon. That shit is all really interesting. I like when the whole English class thing is presented as something other than just like, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the best <laughs> way I can describe. Yeah, just <laughs> rich people fanning themselves, going, yeah. Yeah. This is doing a lot more interesting things than I was expecting it to do. It ain't perfect. No. I understand why the whole mutiny leading brother thing had to happen so they can you know you want to talk about people glowering in alleyways because so she can like hug her brother who's on the run from the law she packs him onto a train in the middle of the night and mr mr thornton sees her hugging and kissing a man (laughs) yeah terrible you swineful hussy all you have is your is your honor how dare you toy with my emotions like that um even though the emotions are basically like, I decide I love you now, marry me. And she's like, nah. No. And, and she... he runs back to his mom. That's weird. That relationship is weird. It's a weird thing. Well, I think Bessie put it right. I mean, he's a mama's boy, but. I think, but I think I, Bessie did put it right. She said, um, mothers and sons and daughters and fathers. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's a very, a very much. There's been a lot of stories about mothers and sons and daughters and fathers, right? Mm-hmm. There, There's actually. Um, mom, the mom gets real passive aggressive at one point when she thinks he's just going to swoop in and and marry Margaret, and she'll be like, "Yeah, awesome." And she's like, "It's going to be my last time." And I always knew she'd come and take you from me, and, and time to add her name to the monogram sheets or whatever. And it's like, "Whoa, yeah, relax, Grandma." Well, relax. It's going to be yeah. fine. The the only thing I I get very frustrated with her, but I think it's a protectiveness, especially since when you find out what his what happened with his father mm. yeah, and yeah. you know how she and he's you know basically saved them from from the workhouse um, and he's been through a lot and she's been through a lot. I think that sort of m- makes you understand their relationship a little bit more. Um, the sister Fanny is insufferable. And I love that her like, crazy starched skirt and how um, Mrs. Hale and Margaret Hale are just laughing. They're like, I don't think we're going to be able to fit her in the, the living room. Uh, that's amazing. Um, I did think it got less interesting a little bit once the strike was over. Yeah. Um, the whole strike labor dispute part is the what I found to be the best part of it and the most unexpected uh, part of the story, then it really kind of gets back into like a will they, won't they type. Like that becomes the will they, won't they kind of becomes the focus a little more. Um, the third episode I like to call when the episode when everyone dies, <laughs> everyone dies. Everyone dies. That her mom, her mom dies. That dude who threw the rock dies. Yep. Uh, I think Bessie d- dies. Bessie dies. Yeah. Um, her her 
I think her father dies. Is it fourth? I think it's fourth episode. The union leader guy? Sorry? The union leader guy? No, 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 no. Higgins? No, 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 no. Margaret's oh, father. Oh, Margaret's father. No, she dies in four. He dies in four. Yeah. But meanwhile, like everyone else <laughs> dies. It's yeah. ridiculous. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. Um, and then, I, again, when you think that like, oh, this is just going to get kind of lame. You know, his, his, fi- his final crisis comes from this moment where like speculation yes <laughs> like the stock market is starting to become a thing mm-hmm. and awful awful sister fanny comes yeah. in and her awful husband is like oh he's got some get rich scheme on a stock investment or something and you know they he doesn't want you know thornton doesn't want to do it and it's like oh, because he's he's risk averse he's you know he's a pussy but he's like no i got like 400 people down there to like account for and, and if the and- mill goes you know I'm killing those people if this place goes under. And also, that's how what happened with his father, right? His father was try, put all their money in a get-rich scheme, and mm. it didn't work. He speculated, and he lost everything, and then he ended up committing suicide because of the shame, right? Like, so there's a lot of emotion around just kind of throwing your money around. So, you know, when you get into things like that, again, that's interesting. It doesn't stick around a long time as a plot point, and then by the time you're heading for the exits in episode four, it's like, well, Margaret's father died, and the dude, her godfather, Mr. Bell, decides, hey, you know what? I'll give you all my money. Because he's dying. Because I'm dying, so I don't need it. And he's like, I'm going to South America That's convenient. to have, like... I thought I might have wanted to marry you once, but you know what? That's a little difficult from a plot point perspective, so yeah. I'm going to go to South America and die, and you're going to take all my money and go be rich and get with Mr. Thornton? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a very, it's a very, like, deus ex... That's, that's the marriage plot, right? That's all. Yeah. That's all that. The stuff like that happens all the time in these stories, and this thing is not immune from a lot of the other things that happen in these stories. But I mean, I know you ride or die for Jane Austen, but I the, do. Fa- the fact that this was doing more than just people sitting around, yeah, in chaises, like fanning themselves, looking down at the poor, and just talking amongst themselves, that there were actually things happening here. I will social you, causes. I, I was will, like, I will tell you, Jane Austen is more than what you think. But that is a <laughs> conversation for another time. Um, but yes, that's one of the reasons why I brought it to you because it was doing more. The acknowledgement of kind of like, you know, the world outside the estate, I yes. greatly enjoyed and was surprised <clears throat> a, that people were writing stories like this back then. And mm-hmm. then B women were writing stories like that yes. back then. Imagine that ladies doing stuff. I know it's been quite an episode about <laughs> ladies doing stuff. I am appalled. I'm going to need, speaking of laying in chaises, I need to get to the <laughs> fainting couch when this episode is over. Cause we just ladies, you all are doing a bunch of stuff. I know. And it making men very uncomfortable. I'm, I I don't know what to do, frankly. I'm very confused. So, score-wise, what Eight. would you give it? Eight. Well. I finished it, right? Yeah. that's I'm, I did not think it was going to get an eight. I'm telling you, by first episode, halfway through first episode, <laughs> I was like, he's a fucking jerk. And she's like the typical sprightly, precocious young lass and mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And But he, uh, amazingly, he's still kind of a prick throughout, but he does not stay one note and there's a again there are reasons there are reasons it. why he's prickish and i did like the moment where he does you know choose to erode the like barrier between himself and higgins to the point where like well, the people are starving sometimes yeah. the meat's not that great there's an old outhouse out there you know we could kind of reuse that it's like they were talking about like starting a cafeteria for the workers type of yeah. thing and higgins is like it's the the, the push and pull between your moral duty and you know the fine, yeah, the fiscal. Um, 
because Higgins sees it as like kind of like a moral duty. It's like yeah. you should feed us because we're hungry. And he's kind of like, well, fed workers are happy workers and better workers. Yeah. So it's cool if you're alive, but at the same time, you know, he doesn't fully think that like they're just cogs in the machine. But for me, for him, it's like he's he can't afford to spend the money on this shit. Yes. Unless it's going to improve his business. So when they kind of come to an agreement like that and Thornton ends up like going passing by the food hall one day and like they're having he invites him in for stew and he like yeah he goes and sits and eats with his workers it's like they don't make a huge thing about it like in the moment and there wasn't some scene later with the other mill owners that are like fla, 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 fla. yeah um it was just a nice moment moments like that pushed it into the into the a tier and i mean you and you give me a lot of bbc miniseries over the years i and do <laughs> this one was like all right okay I'm all right with this one excellent that is on your netflixes it is something else that's on netflix Never thought I was going to give this to Kate. This came up back in January, perhaps, as just in like a random update, something that I had watched out of nowhere because I saw it on my Netflix and I was like, oh, well, this is from that place I like. Let's check this out. (laughs) Turned out to be Soup's Kumpf. Yeah. And, but I never planned to give it to Kate because sometimes Kate doesn't like slice of life stuff where nothing really happens. But people started bringing it back to me. Mm -hmm. I started hearing about it from other people. Friends who were watching it hadn't didn't know I'd watched it, but obviously it me, they don't listen to the show, right? Get your <laughs> shit together. Would hit me up via text and be like, "Are you watching this?" I'd be like, "Yeah, I've seen it." They're like, it's really good. Like I'm trying to like savor it. Like I'm trying. I don't want to binge it. Like yeah. it's, I'm really enjoying it. I like to watch like one episode a night type of thing. Heard that from a few places, and I'm like, "Well, maybe there's something kind of floating around in the ether." So maybe this is time to give this to Caitlin. And this is a 13 episode Netflix series called. Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. Mm-hmm. This dropped on Netflix October 21st, 2016. It is a co-production of Netflix and Fuji TV based on an award-winning manga by Yaro Abe called Shinya Shokodo. And the gist is basically in a back alley in Tokyo, in a bustling Tokyo district, there is a very tiny restaurant called Mishia. It is run by a single employee. His name is the master. You never really get his name. You yep. don't know what his deal is. You don't know what's going on. He's got a scar. I was going to say, he has a sweet he's got, he's got fucking a wicked scar. eye scar. You never find out what's going on there. Um, this show has been around for a while. From They've had a few movies come out based around it. As far as I can tell, all of Midnight Diner basically plays out like this version of Midnight Diner. Like mm-hmm. Even the movies are just like three Midnight Diner episodes like stitched together. I don't think you ever really get a store, any backstory on the master or what have you, or what his jam is. Um, it just all kind of like exists within the walls of this diner. And basically it's the midnight diner. Cause it runs from midnight to 7am. Yep. He's got like three items on the menu officially, but this whole thing is like, you can order whatever you want. If he's got the stuff and he knows how to make it, he'll make it. Yep. And that's why people like it. Cause they swing by there and it's like, if he can make it, he'll make it. You can have whatever you want. And it's an anthology series where each episode deals with one of the customers. He has a bunch of regulars that show up frequently throughout the show. And he has a bunch of people who just kind of pop in individually. (laughs) Sorry, the the menu items are pork miso soup set, sake, beer, and shochu. Um, But he will make anything. And yeah, I don't even recall what happens in the first three episodes. One is egg tofu. Is that one of them? Um, I don't know. I don't know the titles, but I can tell you what happens. Let's talk. Yeah, let's just talk about what happens. Okay. Well, first, I gave the setup. Yeah. Uh, first, Kate, too too boringly comf or just comf enough for for sicky Caitlin? No, it was comf enough. <laughs> it was yeah. It was well comf. It was well comf. Um, 
first episode was amazing. What happens in the first episode? First, I did rewatch them, but I, this week, but I can't remember what happened. First episode is there is a female taxi driver, right, and a and the late radio, night the radio, radio DJ. host or radio DJ, and he, you know, they have a conversation a little bit, and she orders something without noodles, and he's like, "Oh, I can order that without noodles." I didn't like even think of that, mm. um, and he, he's like, I. I really feel like I know her from somewhere, and he realizes that she is. I'm just gonna put it this way. Yeah, just do it. She's basically it. An, a Power Ranger. Yeah. From, like, an, like he remembers her from a TV show when he was younger. From like a Teen Ninja type show. Yes. For our listeners, Power Rangers Power is Rangers. the best way to. And he's like, oh my it. god, she's the what did he call the red something? She's something squirrel. They're all based on like animals in this one. No, 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 I thought that was the black squirrel. She's <laughs> the reds. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. she was the red squirrel. Anyways, she is a this red character um he's really excited about this he wants to get her like life story and he's kind of he doesn't outright like he oversteps dig in but he step oversteps a little bit and she has to tell him like please i don't want to talk about it Mm. um and then it's kind of like a why and it comes out that one of the this one of her other cast members, the yes. the main ninja, the main character, yeah, uh, the, the, the leader character, squirrel or whatever his name is, um, he confides in her while they're, f- you know, doing the show. And she's in love with him. Yes, yes, she's in love with him, and she finds out that through stumbling in on him in the dressing room, he's putting on basically her outfit, mm. and that he has always felt like he was a woman. Yes. Um. Now. <laughs> Before I go any further, I was <laughs> astonished. I feel like you, on one hand, respected, but on the other hand, were like, eh. or did you just totally, no, you just totally amazed? I was, because they didn't, they didn't make it hokey. They, he, wasn't a jo- he wasn't a joke. He wasn't a joke. He, he, he tells her about this. Um, she listens and realizes, well, I can't be in love with him because of this. Um, not in a mean way, just like it wouldn't make sense. He w- obviously is not it's into not me. not fair to myself, to, yeah. so I need to get over um, it. But they you know, become good friends. and But he sort of goes off and lives his life and kind of wants to keep his life to, to himself. But then he sort of... You, you realize that he is a... Actually, you've seen this character earlier in the episode. He is a transgender wo- woman. He has like... Uh, outfit on. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. He's with a friend of his. They've got um, makeup on. They've got wigs. Yeah, got they're the not just respected at all in the restaurant. They're just handled like any other customer, which is really all they want. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, the, I was just surprised that they handled it with such care, mm. but almost without caring. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's weird. The show's weird in the sense that like there's no cursing, there's no violence or anything like that, but it no. does get oddly adult sometimes. Yes. yes. So, um basically what happens is she, uh she the uh female taxi driver introduces her transgendered friend to the radio host who is like the biggest ninja fan. Has no idea why this is happening until no. the you know, former actor while you know in his makeup and wig and whatnot who tr- usually speaks in a higher pitch voice you know yeah. dips his voice down a couple octaves and does like the rousing speech from yeah. whatever now the I, show was i'm calling him he because that's what they refer to 
him mm. as they do call him he and he calls himself he sometimes yes um so that's the only reason why i'm saying it that way instead of she um but anyway so then he starts making guest appearances on the radio show <laughs> and it's just like he with says, the sense that he is now okay and he wants to tell his story about yeah. about his his transgenderism and feeling and wanting to get that out there into yeah. the world and it seems to be not like, hide anymore and it seems to be actually really well taken by the fans of the show mm. and the fans of the i'm just gonna call it ninja squad <laughs> power rangers and at one point he says thank you to his now female taxi driver friend um and that he is happy with who he was and who he is and it's just like a really nice sentiment yeah it's kind of a, they're kind of coming out all guns firing on that first episode oh like. i was just like this is so nice <laughs> now one of my favorite parts especially of this first one is so after sort of the story ends mm. there's a little like my favorite part it's too kind of like a end credit scene it's like be- right before the end credits and basically it's all of the ninja squad are sitting around the, the restaurant like the bar eating um eating food they, and, g- they give you a tip on making or like a you know a point of whatever the uh yeah every item every episode is named after whatever the food is yes. the central food is and the end of the episode will have a kind of out of character out of the show fourth wall breaking moment but not really but not really so yeah. so he comes in the 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 late night host comes in in his his he's white in one of the outfits, ninja yeah. costume he's like the new ninja or whatever it's just kind of silly and lovely and fun and <clears throat> but they do kind of break the fourth wall and um and red ninja or red squirrel or whatever is like Shh, no whispering um <laughs> anyways it that was fantastic Episode two was... Episode two was the old comedian right. and the new TV star. Um, that one's... It's fine, but I do remember rewatching that one being like, this is a lot of the, like... The old comedian character is yeah. definitely one of the, like, traditional Japanese problematic type of... Yeah, and they kind of... They partially bring that up. Um, there is a really interesting generational thing where all these people like know the old comedian mm. and have no idea who the new TV star is and all these younger people like know the new TV star and have no idea who this old comedian is. It's kind of rooted in like, you know, the Senpai Kohai system where or the, yeah. the apprenticeship system where this guy asks, feels he has no direction in life, sees this old, uh, old comedian, older comedian performing and decides he wants to do get into the arts yeah. stage work somehow. Um, ask him to take him on as an apprentice, and that's basically like, I will teach you about this thing that I do, and also boss you around, and you will do everything for me. And give so he me also I want. like the guy when he asked to be the apprentice didn't have any money, yeah. didn't have anywhere to stay, yeah, yeah. and you know he this older mentor takes him in, feeds him, takes care of him, and it's about just taking care of mm. people and it, how it may be difficult. And that's the one time apprentice makes his bones now in dramatic acting yeah. and he's very he's very pretty and the ladies love him and yeah. the older comedian doesn't exactly like being outclassed by yeah. his one-time apprentice and also, leads him to do some assholey things corn dogs <laughs> food of the day corn dogs with fish sausage well it was funny because of course we all know what corn dog also means uh so it was a nice little double entendre there mm-hmm. um Definitely of the three episodes was the weakest. Yeah. Or the one I least enjoyed. Um, but there is another part of it, of the series that I also liked, which is it shows you this, a bit of 
I love seeing a bit of Japan, like, daily life that you don't normally see in shows. Mm. Like, you see, you see Tokyo a lot at night. In anime, it's all very, of course, fantastical. Shiny and gleaming. And- but this has, like, how things work more, how things, just people and their lives. Just and real estate agents, just people getting by. Yeah. People, who, women who got to work at hostess bars, like, yeah, things just, like that. Yeah, it's, um, I just find it, that really interesting as well. Uh, the third episode is the episode with the the real estate agent who knits sweaters. Knit sweaters, yeah. Um, that was a very sweet episode. I loved at the end. It was. I thought I only liked guys who were good looking. <laughs> I was like, ouch, <laughs> poor guy. Then he confesses his love. She makes sweaters for people. She always ends up making sweaters for dudes, and the dudes never. Um, she's not traditionally attractive. I don't yeah. think she's unattractive, but she's not traditionally. She's not supermodel, you know, Japanese kawaii type. As a person with a wide face, I know how she feels because <laughs> she also has a wide face. We have very big faces. Um, yeah, so she always makes make sweaters for these dudes who never reciprocate her feelings. And, and makes sweaters for them before they're her boyfriend, which is... Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of love when you knit a sweater for someone. A lot, of, a lot of unrequited love going on yeah. there. And again, just, you know, small story about her falling in love with dudes who don't love her back. And this and, one dude who secretly longs for her from afar. And, and in every episode, the master kind of, he's a bartender, right? Yeah. He's the, he's a hairdresser. He's the type <laughs> of person who people talk about what's going on. He gives them advice. He sets things up for them. He, you know, he is a matchmaker kind of person. Um, and I really like his character. I have decided he is part of the posse. Um, and uh, I'm sure his scar is only um, part of the show, but he's in the posse with the scar. <laughs> with the scar. Yeah. Master in the posse. Uh, the actor's name is Kaoru Kobayashi. And apparently I have heard he has since become like, in large part due to this show, has become kind of an institution in Japan. Right. Because of it. Japanese actor, he's from Kyoto. Uh, he won the Best Actor at the 30th Yokohama Film Festival and a Best Supporting Award Actor at the Yokohama Film Fest, two Yokohama Film Festivals. And he's uh, 65. He um, looks good for 65. And uh, yeah, he is very charming in this. Extremely un- unassuming charming. And ch- unassumingly charming in this role. Even when people are telling things, he's just kind of like... Like you could tell him anything, even though he doesn't really like have a reaction to anything. Yeah. Or always plays this like, oh, oh, eh, what are you, what are you gonna do? Like, it's yeah. just, but then he'll like low key like give good advice. Like or when, say something. like when, yeah, like when the woman who knits sweaters is like, nobody will ever love me, type of thing, and yeah. he just kind of listens to her, and he's like, well, I don't know about that. You know that guy was in here like fixing fixing, fixing the one that got wrecked. Like, that sweater that got right, and and he. That's just, why he asked you to help him knit, so he could. He was trying to fix it because he, you know, he felt bad type of thing. And and uh, he was working really hard on it, even though he wasn't very good. Yeah. And he spent all night trying to fix the sweater. It's and, like yeah, he was here all night till I closed type of thing. But, but well, that's none of my business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> goes on his way type of thing. Yeah, he's very he's very charming in that way. Yeah. So. Um, and yeah, you never get by the end of the episode. There's the lightest of nods to something that might. I think if you've watched everything, there's mm-hmm. a lot of cameos in the last episode of people from stories before. Right. People are mentioned by name and it's like, this is the first time I've seen this person. I don't know what's happening. And there's a thing where like this woman comes in, I think her name's Mitro, and she's like, uh, the mistress wanted me to tell you she's going to be late. And he's like, oh, well, 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 whatever type of thing. And then this woman in like a classic 
yukata type of kimono type thing shows up and helps them clean up for a little bit and there's some stuff that happens but it sounds like you're probably going to work your way through this at some oh, point yeah, so yeah. i'm not going to tell you um but it does lead to like his life outside the restaurant type of thing and it's like is there more of that is there more of that like i'm totally i was just as charmed on a rewatch yeah. as i was and i'm basically i think i'm did i rewatch all of them again i think i did <laughs> like um but big important part of watching the show do not watch it on an empty stomach better have some food with you they don't spend the whole time eating it's not food wars caliber where no. you're constantly shoveling shit into your face but but it's definitely like you want like a nice bowl of noodles mm-hmm. um maybe some kind of teriyaki chicken or beef or something it was the one they did like hot pot where it's basically just like take some some pork some chinese cabbage and some mushrooms and dump some broth over it and let it cook in there that, and that's, that's all you got to do that's basically a lot of the episodes it's like a lot of what he's serving mm. um but it's just like oh yeah get some like really nice homemade chicken soup or something yeah something with noodles that's i have this thing with noodles and <laughs> i just am starving now for noodles um thankfully when i was watching the, watching this i was eating <laughs> um but yeah and they're really short they're 20 minutes long yes and um i love the intro I just mm. find it really sweet. Another one of these shows that'll be like, I have to go to Japan immediately. It just looks like <laughs> the most wonderful place. And I want to find one of these little, because you know, there's all these little places. Mm-hmm. They always tell you, like, don't go to like the fancy restaurants. Like, you go down this alley, you will find a place with like three seats in it that yeah. will have like the best food you've ever tasted in your life type yeah. of thing. So. And you will want to go do that again. Well. Yeah. Also sitting on your Netflix is Kick Punches. Kick Punches, eight. We are just, this has been a very happy episode it for the Geek Down. It has been a very happy episode. We're just enjoying everything. The only reason it didn't get more, the pacing was a little bit weird. Mm. Um, I can't, I wouldn't be able to watch it at all times because it is very comf. Like, and nothing, nothing happens. Like, yeah. it's, it's a fine line between comf and boring. And if you're not in the right mindset for it, this could tip to boring. Exactly. Very easily. Um, but most of the acting is fantastic. Um, sometimes they're a little bit over the top or whatnot. Um but yeah, it was. And yeah, even right. though this is the like you know fifth installment of a series that's been going on since like 2009, you don't need to know no anything. No, nope. um, he explains it all in the intro. Yeah, that's <laughs> all. It's all you need. You don't need to know anything about his life or the life of the. You will piece together enough things about the regulars. There's one, the old guy with the hat. Yeah, becomes a more prom. It's not even about him. It's about somebody he knew, but mm-hmm. he's like a, he becomes a more prominent secondary character. In one of those episodes, but yeah, he's like the he's like the only one. Uh, yeah, good times. Midnight Diner, Tokyo Stories. Yeah. Also, on that, yeah, Netflix. On the Netflix. Yeah. Just sitting right there. Yeah. Well, I think we might be done. I don't even know if I have any updates. I already talked about recreators. I don't have any updates because I've been sick. Caitlin's been sick. Well, we're actually going to get out of here on time then. My God. Imagine that. Imagine that. If you're angry about the fact that we're on time, you have many ways <laughs> and you're like, what happened to like three hour episodes? Number one, listen, they take a lot out of us, so don't they, be greedy. They, yeah, they do. Secondly, you can use any of our social media or other ways to correspond with us on the Twitter at GeekdownPod. Email GeekdownPod at gmail.com or on our Facebook group, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekdownPod. And that is all the ways you can get at us. Yep. We will be back next week uh with a standard episode and then i believe after that it is time for august watcharama <laughs> i'm super excited for august watcharama time to catch up on some shit we have not been watching <laughs> nope uh if you have suggestions for august watcharama if there's something that's like you guys should be watching this we do have some that we i'm sure if we dug back through our correspondence 
we could find yep. uh, to check out. But Oh, and for those of you who don't know, if this is your first time around <laughs> for August Watcherama, basically Jordan and I do that thing that we do maybe once a month where we, or once every 10 episodes. Single where, topic show. Yeah, single topic show, but we do that for all of August because August is a busy time. All of August. And listen, I have looked at the numbers and they are down because it's summer and y'all are out there doing shit and yeah. I, don't, I don't blame you. Listen, I might feel a ways about it. I like to see our numbers higher, but listen, it's summer. We understand. We you're totally there, understand. You're out there living your lives. You're doing things. So, you know, in the spirit of like summer reruns or just summer tv where it's kind of light keeping it kind of light and breezy we just you know look at one thing instead of yeah. getting the whole deep talking about where our fandoms intersect it's just like was this thing good just to hang with your bffs yeah so that's what we'll be doing starting two weeks from now next week regular episode we hope you will join us for it as you do so often it means the world to us thank you so much friends my name is jordan ferguson and my name is caitlin mckinnon theme song is by rob gasser and we'll be back here next week for another fantastic episode of the geek down podcast see you then Give me indigestion. <laughs> I try to drink too many weep tears. <laughs>